Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Three and two the count. Here's the pitch. Check swing. He went, and the game's over. The Pirates do not convert anything with the bases loaded and nobody out in the seventh and in the ninth innings. And four of the six walks come around to score tonight. You don't have to be perfect to beat the 2023 Dodgers. But the way that they played tonight wasn't going to be good enough. 6-4 the final. That's Joe Block. The Pirates Radio Network. From the flagship home of the Pirates, 93.7 The Fan. The station that you're listening to right now, it's the Fan Early Morning Show. My name is Nicholas Harry Callis. This is the Wake Up Show. The Wake Up Show presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84 Lumber. You can apply online at 84lumber.com. Several missed opportunities in the game. Several issues with the Pirates play last night are actually... If you're on the East Coast, which I'm sure all of you listening over the airwaves are now, you might be listening on the app as well in another state. But yeah, uh, the game ended around 1 o'clock Eastern time. So this morning, the Pirates officially lost. It was odd. I'm not used to this because I haven't done this show too often before uh, these last couple months. And I think I was one of the first West Coast Hosted games that um, that I remember staying up for. I was kind of in and out of uh, sleep on my couch uh, watching the game on television or more listening to the game on television, and I was in and out of sleep, but I seemed to wake up at uh, all the most exciting times. I think two times I woke up when the Pirates had the bases loaded, and I woke up once when the Dodgers had runners in scoring position and then uh, hit those home runs. Uh, for Juanzi Contreras to take the lead. Um, so, yeah, this uh, West Coast game is kind of rough because, again, the game ended around 1 o'clock Eastern, and I had to be up at 3 o'clock Eastern to host this show at 5 o'clock. So I love baseball, but, man, it's been a roller coaster uh, following the game and then waking up. Uh, for those of you that couldn't stay up for the game or stay up for the broadcast, we have comments from Derek Shelton that I haven't even heard yet. So let's take a minute. Derek Shelton talked for two minutes after yesterday's 6-4 to loss to the Dodgers, game three of the four-game series. So let's listen to his comments, let's react, and let's talk about what ailed the Pirates in that game against the Dodgers after we hear from Shelton. So here are his comments after yesterday's 6-4 to loss to the Dodgers. 
Shelty clearly gave a missed opportunities, bases loaded twice, no outs. What led to being unable, you think, to convert? Yeah, I mean, the, the first time Reynolds hits a bullet right at Rojas and just <laughs> bad aim, and then he misses a home run in the last inning by uh, by a couple feet, it looked like, and we just didn't capitalize on the two opportunities we had laid, and we had a couple good at-bats there. that We just hit balls right at people. What do you think the challenge was for Rowanzi, and what do you think that the trend is with him recently? Yeah, it's it's too much in the middle of the plate, just inconsistency of uh, the fastball, I think, is what's really standing out. How concerning is the, you know, I think he was hitting 91-92 on the gun tonight. Yeah, I think, and I think that's the inconsistency of the fastball that, uh, you know, that, that I mentioned. It's we, we have to make sure we're trying to figure out, you know, to get back to not only the view, below but the execution. How's Andrew McCutcheon? He's fine. He just, you know, he's got that cranky elbow, and he just kind of landed hard on it. But, uh, you know, he was able to have his last at bat, and he was fine. Going back to real for a second, what he's working on mechanically, how much of that is tied into, you know, trying to get that velocity back? Well, it's, it's in his delivery, just making sure that his delivery works fast. And when his delivery works fast, then, you know, that would be one of the things that would come out of it. What do you take away from Vito's outing tonight? Yeah, I mean, he did a good job. The first three innings were really clean, and then, you know, he kind of lost his command. Uh, you know, walk, walk, hit by pitch, and then Triolo made a hell of a play to get him out of the, the last inning. But it's just like he lost his arm slot a little bit. But for three innings, it was really good. And then, you know, he was able to battle through the fourth, but just, you know, a little bit of inconsistency there. You, you just mentioned Triolo. He made two spe- one spectacular highlight reel play, another another tough couple plays what's it like having that guy with Hayes out to not have that much of a drop-off defensively yeah I mean the play he made on the Betts play was was an unbelievable play because you're doing it uh you know not only down the line but doing it against Mookie who runs really well came in on another ball uh the double play ball we turned both he and Nick did a really nice job on he's played really good over there he's done a nice job what have you observed from Sawinski just in terms of consistency in his ABs I think he's starting to get to uh the point where he's in the right loaded position all the time all right, that was Derek Shelton after the Pirates' 6-4 to loss to the Dodgers yesterday. The Pirates have lost two of the first three, so they can only split the series if they win tonight at 10-10. couple points there. Jared Triolo is masterful. I saw the play that he made uh, when the Dodgers had runners in scoring position that already scored two runs. If I remember correctly, it was the third of the fourth inning. Right, let me take a look real quick. Yeah, it was the, uh, it was the fourth inning. The Dodgers had scored two already in that inning off of Osvaldo Bito. And Jared Trillo made a play backhanded at third base and threw the ball across his body to get Mookie Betts, who's not slow, out at first base. It was uh, it was a great play, and if you, if you just watched the body motion and it was a great out face in Jersey, and you said, okay, this guy plays for the Pirates, who would this be? You might believe it was Key Brian Hayes that he – he made such a good play, and that play kept the game from getting out of hand in the fourth inning. The Dodgers cut the lead in half, but the Pirates still had the lead going into the fifth inning. So, Jared Triolo, great. Also, I did see Andrew McCutcheon. He got buzzed with a fastball up and in, and it didn't hit him, but he hit the ground hard because he reacted a little late, and when he hit the ground, he might have re-aggravated his elbow um, that had been apparently hurt the last few days, so um, the fact that Shelton said he's fine is nice to know. We don't want McCutcheon to get hurt, uh, of course, because we all, I'm sure we all like McCutcheon, right? That's that's a, a consensus Pittsburghers can come to is that, you know, we want to keep McCutcheon healthy and we want to make sure that we can see him play because he's, uh, he's a good player 
and we love him in Pittsburgh. So good, good there. Um, the Pirates getting unlucky with runners in scoring position. I'll buy that to an extent, and I know what he means because I uh, I remember seeing the end of the game and Reynolds, uh, a couple or maybe one batter prior to the final out in Swinski, Reynolds hit the ball maybe five feet from the foul pole in right field, and the Pirates had the bases loaded. That is rather unfortunate, and I know he squared up some other balls, which is that which is fine, but that's one guy. Um, Swinski was the last out of the game, but Swinski also had uh, that three-run home run in the fourth inning, so I'm not necessarily going to be uh, super upset with Jack Swinski. But as a collective for the team, I think twice they left the bases loaded, and in that ninth inning, I think it was bases loaded, nobody out. And they were down by two, but... I'm not I'm not fully buying that there couldn't have been more done there. I think that the the having the bases loaded and nobody out is the toughest situation for a pitcher to get out of in baseball. And of course you don't want to ground to do a double play in that situation, but I want to see one run scored at least in the ninth inning in that situation. At least one. Give me a give me a sacrifice fly uh Square the ball up. Don't necessarily need a home run in that situation, but give me give me one run scored. Give me at least one run scored in that inning. So I'm not too thrilled with how the Pirates went about this one. Uh, if you want to give me a call and talk about it, I will... Uh, Talk about it more coming up next. This is the Fan Early Morning Show. My name is Nicholas Harry Callis. Give me a call at 412-928-9370, and we can discuss. Again, this is the Fan Early Morning Show. My name is Nicholas Harry Callis, and you're listening to Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The Fan Early Morning Show. My name is Nicholas Harry Callis. This is Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Give me a call at 412-928-9370. We're going to talk about the Pirates' loss. We're going to continue talking about the Pirates' loss to the Dodgers yesterday because it was a winnable game. Very much a winnable game for the Bucks. So give me a call. We can talk about it. Um, if you didn't stay up, it was a back-and-forth game. Really, there was one push by the Pirates. They had a big breakout inning in the fourth when uh, Jack Swinski had a three-run home run. Pirates went up 4 to nothing at that point. Then the Dodgers scored a couple in the bottom of the fourth inning. Then got four runs, all which were uh, collected by Rolanzi Contreras. He had four run runs given up on his line score. The Dodgers took the lead, and no runs were scored after that point, though the Pirates had the bases loaded with nobody out in the ninth inning but could not score, not even one run. They were down by two, but they couldn't even score one run. Brian Reynolds hit a ball that was maybe five feet from the right field foul pole. He uh, hit the ball five feet to the right, uh, pulled it just a bit too much. 
Derek Shelton in his postgame press conference that we just listened to called it uh, an unfortunate series of events for the Pirates where they didn't get lucky enough. They weren't fortunate enough. A couple balls were squared up by Brian Reynolds that didn't go out even though he had a home run in the game. Uh, Jack Sawinski had a three-run home run, so I absolve him of any responsibility. He was the final out, but like he did his part. I'd like him to do his part again, but also some hitters before him should have put the ball in play in a way where the Pirates could have scored a run. So that's what I, I maintain in the game, that if you have the bases loaded twice, you got to put some runs on the board. And the Pirates had two situations in the game uh, late where they had the bases loaded and did not score. So not, not great from that standpoint. If you have the bases loaded and nobody out, I want to see I want to see one run scored, at least, in each scenario where that happens. One run's got to score. So the fact that they didn't score a run with uh, a situation with the bases loaded and nobody out in an inning is is rough. I just expect more from the Pirates in that situation. And again, it's the it's the hardest situation for a pitcher to escape in Major League Baseball, like at all, or any level of baseball for that matter. The hardest one to escape for the defense. And the Pirates blew a couple opportunities. So that's number one. Hitting with uh, the bases loaded did not work out for the Pirates yesterday, and Derek Shelton affords some of it to a lack of luck. I think that that argument only goes so far, so I'm buying in halfway to that response. Jared Triolo, defensively at third base, made a backhanded play and throw across his body in the fourth inning to prevent the Dodgers from scoring anymore. It capped them at two for that inning. So props to him. He deserves credit for keeping the Pirates in that game because if that ball gets past him, or even if Mookie Betts is safe, who knows what uh, what unholiness is unleashed on the Pirates after that point. So Jared Triolo tip kept uh, to him for making a good play and looking like Key Brian Hayes. Well, Key Brian Hayes is still hurt. Uh, a couple transactions uh, for the Pirates. Luis Ortiz sent down to AAA. Johan Ramirez caught up from AAA. And this is old news, but I'm just seeing this now, looking straight at the transactions. Mark Mathias, no longer with the Pittsburgh Pirates. He was claimed by the Seattle Mariners, so his time in Pittsburgh is done, uh, most certainly because Nick Gonzalez has been caught up as well. And I saw a few tweets that kind of said, where was Nick Gonzalez this entire time? Why did they even try Mark Mathias? And in hindsight, it's, uh, it's not a bad question because Nick Gonzalez is doing fairly well. Jared Triolo getting caught up, doing very well. Several Pirates prospects are getting caught up now that are very much holding their own in the big leagues. And uh, speaking of that, too, I'm on board with the uh, why are we moving Henry Davis from the number three spot in the order. Keep him in – I like I like the order that they had yesterday, and I think that they should keep it um, indefinitely. McCutcheon, Reynolds, Davis, Santana, Sawinski. Consistent lineup. I like that top five. And they all did rather well McCutcheon. He didn't get a hit, but the other, the others did. Brian Reynolds had a home run. Henry Davis had a hit. So did Santana. Jack Sawinski had a three-run home run. So I like that lineup. Keep a consistent lineup. I'm with that crowd as well. 
No, let's talk about the pitching. First of all, um, I don't know how you feel about him. I like Osvaldo Beto. I think that uh, for what his expectations were, he is becoming a very serviceable starting pitcher. I know many at the time were upset when he got caught up in that series against uh, the Chicago Cubs uh, in the middle of last month that um, his name wasn't Quinn Priester, and that made a lot of you upset. I like the fact that he's come up, though, and he's exceeding expectations for himself. He's been pitching not long into games, but he's giving a solid starting four innings, four to five innings per start, where he's keeping the Pirates in the game. And what a consistent theme has been is that Ronzi Contreras has come into games and has struggled mightily. Now, I was on board at first with giving him the demotion to the bullpen. It's not it's not a cure-all by any stretch, but Ronzi Contreras getting moved to the bullpen, I supported the move, but he's just not pitching well out of the bullpen. And so I say one of two things, either put him in the rotation again, and just see if his rhythm has been reset to the point where he can establish himself early in games again or send him back to AAA. But he was responsible for four runs that were given up. He pitched a full inning. He pitched a fifth. He gave up four runs in that inning. He was responsible for the four runs given up in that inning. Walked two batters, which came back to haunt him. Struck out a couple. But gave up three hits. Walked two. Four runs in total. It's not a good thing when you give up more runs than hits in a single inning or in a final box score. And that's what he did. So I'm now on the uh, now on the boat. Send him down uh, to AAA. Let him work it out. As for Osvaldo Beto, the biggest thing for him, I mean, through the first three innings he was dealing, and then in that fourth inning he just he just lost his release point. He walked a couple batters, hit a guy, then the Dodgers capitalized. Got some hits, drove in some runs. Still have Beto, a strikeout in each inning on average. He pitched four innings, struck out four, but he walked four, which wasn't great. Gave up two earned runs on two hits, but those walks hurt him, especially in that uh, especially in that fourth inning. And if the Dodgers don't score those two runs in that fourth inning, who knows where the Pirates are? Game could still be tied at this point. Uh, not likely, but you know, you know what I mean. It's still... Um, all the runs given up in a game, I think, matter, and, and him losing his release point was not ideal for the Pirates. So I think that there's shared responsibility for this game, and it was very much an exciting game. Joe Starkey said on Monday that the Pirates are exciting to watch, even if they don't come out on top. We haven't seen that in a while, and I like that. I like that the Pirates are exciting Yesterday's game was exciting to watch. The game before that was exciting to watch. The Pirates have been coming back. The the offense has been present. That's undoubted. Four runs should win you a baseball game on most days. So I don't want to say that the offense is the problem in this situation, but then again, you have two situations in the game where you had bases loaded, nobody out, and you didn't score a run in either of those innings where you had the bases loaded and nobody out. That's a problem, despite the four runs that were scored. And for pitchers, too many walks, too uh, too many malfunctions, and um, the Pirates once again trusted Ronzi Contreras to go out there and eat some 
innings in the middle, and he only lasts an inning and gives up the lead in his appearance. That's a problem. Osvaldo Beto just losing his release point, also a problem. So for all the batters that hit with the bases loaded and nobody out, they bear some responsibility. All the pitchers that uh, started or, or that made an appearance in the first five innings also bear some responsibility. That's just Beto and Contreras. Um, it's good though when you have shared blame like this. It means that the the team is doing you know well enough where one or two things could have gone differently and we could have seen a win. It's a very winnable game for the Pirates. Um, and it could have guaranteed them at least a series split. Uh, now they will have to win today to have the series split against the Dodgers in four games, game four of fours tonight at 10-10. Coming up next, uh, you can call in as well. We continue to talk about the Pirates as long as you want, 412-928-9370. I think this one was a heartbreaker, but I think it was exciting. I think some good things were seen in this game, but still um, just one or two fundamental things going wrong cost the Pirates a win against a Dodgers team that has been uh, beaten down this season, especially for all the big names that they have on the roster. But uh, we can talk about that if you want to call and give your opinion. 412-928-9370 is the phone number. My name is Nicholas Harry Callis. Coming up next, I have a few thoughts, a few quick thoughts on the Paul Skeens, Dylan Cruz, etc. debate that's been going on because I know everybody's getting a little antsy. Uh, we heard Ben Charrington makes some comments and we see some mock drafts now that are getting our skin to crawl underneath a little bit. So uh, we'll talk about that, cruise, skeins, or other debate when I come back on the Fan Early Morning Show right here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the Fan Early Morning Show. My name is Nicholas Harry Callis. This is Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Let me give you some fan weather real quick. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Summer is here. Come check out Trailblazer Equinox and the all-new redesigned 2024 tracks. You can also check them out online at sunchevy.com today. High in the 90s. High of 91, low of 69. It'll be clear in the morning. Partly cloudy throughout the afternoon and then toward the evening it's going to be Mostly cloudy. Then tomorrow, high of 83, low of 69. Should be overcast throughout the day, leading to those cooler temperatures. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. All right, so this morning, Adam Crowley and I did a uh, one of those what grid posts, I think it's called. Um, I was seeing the trend go around Twitter, and then I got, uh, you know, I'm stubborn. I don't usually steer away from the trends until somebody literally forces me into it. Uh, it's called the Immaculate Grid. That's what it is. And Crowley posted it on Twitter, tagged me in it, and I retweeted it. First try, I got a 9 out of 9. He let me do most of the work to uh, fill in all of the uh, all of the nine boxes in the grid. And uh, my stubbornness, uh, relenting, my stubbornness actually caused me to have some fun this morning. Um, I think these Immaculate Grids are pretty cool. So thanks to Crowley for... You're welcome. <laughs> there he is. Just walks in by happenstance. Um, so yeah, no, grid, uh, the immaculate grid and grid posting is fun. So, uh, happy to do that this morning, um, to do the immaculate grid that have it posted. Uh, we got a perfect, got a perfect score on the first try. So happy, 
Happy about that. Anyway, back to the Pirates, specifically the draft coming up on Sunday. So we are uh, we're a few days away from that now. It's Thursday. So Sunday's right around the corner. And uh, Charrington made some comments earlier in the week, uh, specifically it wasn't on Sunday when he did his uh, Ben Charrington show on the Pirates Radio Network broadcast here every Sunday. Um, but he's talking about that he's probably going to wait until the very last minute. Like he's going to wait till the evening on Sunday to solidify this decision. And that's got everybody going nuts now, especially because some mock drafters out there uh, have Max Clark, who's a high school prospect. They have him out. Uh, they have him as going number one to the Pirates. And not a lot of people like the idea of a high schooler getting drafted because high school prospects feel like uh, we feel like they may not make the majors. They're the biggest risks to take. And also the development time, even if it happens, is going to be longer because they don't have the experience of college ball, so their development might be slower. And so... I think some people on Twitter being a little bit aggressive, but of course I call Twitter the endless rage machine because it's just a place you can go and express your deepest, darkest feelings. I think one person called Max Clark a stupid high school player. I'm not going to say that he is a stupid high school player. I'm not going to say that he doesn't have the he doesn't have the potential to be a talented major league player at some point. I just think that the Pirates right now and the position that the Pirates are, where they're they're right in the middle. They're winning some games. But now they're not good enough to be a division leader. Um, doesn't feel like they're going to be a playoff team, but they're still in the division race, so maybe they are a playoff team. Uh, it's all very up in the air about where the Pirates are. And I, many fans, including myself, of the Pirates feel like getting a player that's been an established college athlete, that's one of the top prospects, nationwide should be selected it'll be less development time it'll be more seeing them in the majors sooner and by the time this player that they draft in this draft gets to the majors there should be cornerstones everywhere a foundation already set to surround this person with and and have them contribute with the rest of the talented players on the roster to uh, create a winning team in the next two to three years not just a winning team, perhaps a World Series contending team. That's what we can hope for every year. Of course, those expectations haven't felt realistic in a long time, but the way that they've been performing this season shows you that uh, if they can do well with makeshift players, what could they do when many of their top prospects uh, eventually come up and and start to contribute? So that's why I vote for either Cruz or Skeens. I'm still a Skeens guy. I think pitching is uh, super important uh, to have on your roster, and I think that Skeens could make a solid impact and make an impact the quickest, and that's really what we want out of a draft choice. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 